Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host, Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC 254, Khabib versus Justin Gaethje. And Shaq, it's going down this Saturday night in Yas Island, Abu Dhabi, Fight Island. You got the 28-0 and Khabib Nurmagomedov putting his undisputed lightweight title on the line versus the 22-2 and Justin the Highlight Gaethje. And a lot of people think that Justin Gaethje might have the style to not only dethrone the great Khabib Nurmagomedov, but to hand him his first ever loss in his MMA career. Yeah, I mean, Khabib, uh, he's in that race for the pound-for-pound goat right now. You know, a lot of people are saying if he gets this win, he will take over that spot. So this is a big fight. We know that, uh, you know, rest in peace to Abdul Manap. This is the first fight, you know, since his uh, dad passed away. And it's a big fight. And, man, Justin Gaethje, I mean, this guy, we already know what the deal is with him. I mean, we know it's going to be fight of the night. We know it's going to be a war. We know uh, some, you know. That we know about the leg kicks, we know about the the that left hook. You know, I mean, he's coming off that, uh, you know, putting an end to Tony Ferguson's uh, twelve fight unbeaten streak, man. So this is a great matchup. I got a lot of respect for Gaethje and Trevor Whitman, man. This is a this is a like one of those all time uh, matchups, man. I, I'm excited. It really is, man. I mean, this could be the fight of the year that we've been waiting for this whole time, man. Justin Gaethje has had seven UFC fights, and he's got nine bonuses in those seven UFC fights. So that speaks volumes to the kind of competitor he is. And, you know, I, I love guys like Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor and Rafael Dos Anjos, but this is actually the first guy that Habib fights who's not only got a wrestling background, Shaq, but he's a D1 All-American from Northern Colorado. So you know you can't sleep on those wrestling credentials, Shaq. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, uh, like the guys you just mentioned, they're all great fighters, but, you know, they're not uh, they're not college wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? They, they You know, they never you know, had to stand in the in the middle of that mat and stuff, takedowns like that. So, you know, uh, Gaethje has, we'll see, we'll see what uh, actually happens, you know. I saw a lot of people posting some clips of uh, of a fight that he had in uh, World Series of Fighting. You remember when uh, my boy Patton Shock fully mounted him? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then uh, there was another fight, I think it was against Buscape, where, you know, he was taking his back and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. So, just got to make a quick announcement so support for half the battle is brought to you by manscaped who offer the best men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels and Shaq, i know firsthand that you know when you're using these uh you know random ass blades and this and that i mean you can cut your sub you can see some blood on the floor all this kind of bullshit you don't even want to deal with but with manscaped it completely changes the game and takes all that bullshit away because that's why manscaped has re designed the electric trimmer the manscaped engineer team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0 and their third generation trimmer shack it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents and when i tell you this is premium I mean premium. The battery will last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. So check this shit out. You see that fucking light. So now you don't got to do any guessing work. I mean, if your lighting is shitty in your bathroom or whatever the case may be, this LED light completely fixes that problem. And they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And 
And let's not forget about the charging stand. Look at this charging stand. Pretty fucking slick. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. So let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. That's BATTLE20, all caps, BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. One more time, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BATTLE20. Your balls will thank you, and she'll thank you too. Real quick, man. Speaking of Manscaped, I mean... Anyone thinking that Manscapes, you know, on some bullshit, man, just my experience in, in the short time. I mean, it's just legit, man. You know, the uh, the uh, crop preserver and the uh, crop reviver. I mean, that stuff, uh, that stuff, man, you can definitely tell the difference. So, you know, uh, it's definitely legit. Dude, like, look at the kind of presentation these guys have when they send you. It says, you know, your balls I mean, will thank you. It's official. Look what it like comes with. Dude, like, look, look at the shit it comes with. You got the ball deodorant to make sure your ball smell on point. You got the ball toner to make sure your skin's on point. Obviously, the lawnmower 3.0. They even hooked you up with some Manscaped boxer briefs. I mean, they take care of you, so make sure you all go to manscaped.com. Use that code BATTLE20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's BATTLE20, all caps. Now, Shaq, let's get right down to business because first up in the lightweight division, we got a matchup between Joel Alvarez. He's 17 and 2, and Alexander Yakovlev is 25 and 10. Currently, they got Joel Alvarez minus 160. The comeback on Alexander Yakovlev is plus 140. So, Shaq, uh, interestingly enough, Joel Alvarez has had 19 pro fights and he's only been the distance one time. That means that this man is a finisher and the only time he's been the distance is with Demir Ismagulov. So if people want to hold it against him that he doesn't go to decision a lot, I mean, I don't care if this guy's won 10 decisions. You're probably not winning a decision against Demir Ismagulov. But honestly, Joel kind of reminds me of like a young Chito Vera. Back when Chito Vera was training in Latin America before he moved to the States and you could just see the work ethic. You could, you could just see the finishing ability, but he wasn't quite developed yet. And that's what I see with Joel Alvarez, except it's in the lightweight division, Shaq. And with Joel Alvarez, he's six foot three. He's a full six foot three with a seventy-eight inch reach. I know it says that both of them are six foot three, but between you and me, Joel Alvarez is actually six three. I think Yakovlev is more like six one. But anyways, man. I like what Joel Alvarez brings to the table. I feel like he's the kind of guy that's going to be making big improvements every single time we see him fight. He's an opportunistic finisher. If you leave your head on the outside, he will catch you with a choke. His stand-up is improving. Yakovlev definitely has an edge when it comes to the wrestling. I mean, look, this guy is Russian. He beat Paul Daly back in the day. He's been in there with the champ, Usman. He survived Damian Maya for three straight rounds. So he's a very tough and experienced guy, but he's getting up there in age. Alexander Yakovlev has a 10-year age age advantage in the spot he's got a big reach advantage and i just think that he's the guy that's trending upwards so Shaq, i'm gonna go with joel alvarez to opportunistically finish alexander Kovlev somewhere along the way yeah man uh joel i'm very high on this guy man you know he's from spain that you know their mma scene isn't the best but man he's been improving uh ever since he took that out to the to Demir, and then you got Alexander Yakovlev on the other side, who, in my opinion, hasn't really shown anything positive, 
you know, in a while. I mean, the last time Alexander Yakovlev looked good in a fight was against George Sullivan. And, you know, my boy George Sullivan was on those fertility drugs. So, you know, uh, I, look, Alexander Yakovlev, the only thing he's got going for him in this matchup is the takedowns. Yeah, Joel gives up the takedowns, but... I mean, when you look at that fight against Roosevelt Roberts, anytime Roosevelt attacked his neck, I mean, you know, he uh, went to his back and he would lose the round. So I feel like as long as Joel Alvarez just, you know, attacks him with the arm bar, the triangle, you know, a guillotine, uh, anything of that nature, that'll make Alexander Yakovlev panic. And on the feet, man, I see Joel absolutely breaking him. I mean, against Joe Duffy, a lot of people were saying Joe Duffy was going to come out here and touch Joel up. And, I mean, Joel was out here hitting him with front kicks, and uh, Joseph Duffy didn't like the stand-up, man. He had to shoot that takedown, and then it was game over. So I see uh, at some point um, Joel Alvarez breaking Alexander Yakov, some, Yakovlev somewhere in that second and third round, man. I, I really feel like uh, – I mean, I know Yakovlev's a, a popular underdog pick this week because, you know, obviously the takedowns. But, I mean, if he couldn't – I mean, Roosevelt Roberts – is a young green kid. And I mean, he was panicking against Roosevelt, man. And so I feel like Joel Alvarez is a lot tougher, a lot more opportunistic, like you said, and I think he'll get the win. I mean, I feel for, for some reason, people don't respect fighters like Joel Alvarez or guys like Cheeto Vera. It, it takes a while for, for them to gain the respect of the fans or the betting public for, for whatever reason, um, because they like guys that are guaranteed to win decisions. But I mean, you got to show respect for finishers too, especially with the kind of finish rates that a guy like Joel, Joel Alvarez has, Shaq. You're, uh, you're 100% right, man. And I get it. The guy's rushing, but I mean, he's been submitted, you know, and dominated on the mat several times before, man. I mean, even when he's been on top. So it's like, it's like, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, though. Can he maintain this top control for two rounds? That's the big question. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Miranda Maverick. She's 7-2. and two, And Liana Jojua is 8-3. and three. Currently, they got Miranda Maverick minus 380. The comeback on Liana Jojua is plus 315. Well, Shaq, these fighters from Georgia have been doing their thing in 2020. You know what I mean? They've been going out there and winning fights. Even last week, uh, Guram Kutate Ladze. Beat, uh, beat Mateus Gamroth the week before. You had uh, Taporia beating Yusuf Zalal. Now you got Liana Jojua. And, I mean, look, she's an armbar specialist. I would say Miranda Maverick is the more well-rounded fighter here. But I guess my question for you is, do you think Liana Jojua finds that armbar somewhere along the way? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel I – feel, the way I feel about this fight is, like you said, you know, I mean, yeah, Jojua has a chance. I mean – she gets that armbar, that's her thing, and Miranda Maverick likes to shoot a lot of takedowns. So, I mean, but it does seem like Miranda Maverick has some good uh, jiu-jitsu herself. I mean, she's got – I saw her dominate uh, Pearl Gonzalez out there on the on the local scene. and um, But at the same time, it's like, you know, this line is wide. Uh, you know, Jojua, she might be trending upward. I mean, you know, that first fight was up a weight class. I mean, this next fight, the, her last fight, she looked really good. But, uh, you know, I definitely lean Maverick, like you said, better overall fighter. But betting-wise, you know, it's one where it's like Jojua or Pass, you know. 
Well, I will say this, man. Interestingly enough, Miranda Maverick actually opened minus 140. So either Vegas is onto something or they opened the line way too low. But bottom line, I mean, look, I agree with you. I think Miranda Maverick is better across the board. She's been a really high prospect. It seems like the UFC was trying to hook her up with a win initially because they matched her up with uh, Mara Romero Barella. And, you know, that's a that's a guaranteed dub, my man, uh, nine times out of ten. But now she's fighting Liana Jojua as long as she avoids this armbar, she will win this fight. Now, Shaq, next up in the light heavyweight division, we got Da Eun Jung. He's 13 and 2. And Smiling Sam Alvey is 33 and 14. Currently, they got Da Eun Jung minus 330. The comeback on Sam Alvey is, is plus 270. So, interestingly enough, I want to tell you something, Shaq. So, Da Eun Jung opened minus 400 against Mike Rodriguez, and everyone acted like it was this big joke. And uh, he went out there, looked minus 400 to me, Shaq. I mean, he got bet down to minus 125 against Rodriguez, but he performed like a minus 400 like the opening line indicated. Here, he opened minus 600, and now it's down to minus 330. So, the action's been coming in on Smiling Sam Alvey. And I got to tell you what. In Alvy's last fight against Ryan Spann, I believe he might have been the biggest underdog on the card. And I know he made Spann better sweat in that spot. But I will also say that Dao Eun Jung is a lot more durable than Spann, and he doesn't take as many unnecessary risks. So do you think uh, the Korean prospect is going to get the biggest win of his career here? Yeah, man, that's a, it's a good – you know, you made some good points about that Spann fight because I, I wanted to make some points about that fight too. You know, uh, and Alvy looked good that fight. I honestly think Ryan Spann – I just watched it not too long ago, and I honestly thought Ryan Spann looked like complete dog shit. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, Ryan Spann was out there literally careless, you know, out there willingly trading, sloppy, shooting, you know, unnecessary takedowns, no direction. And uh, we saw what happened in his last fight. So, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, I feel like Dot Jung on the, on the on the flip side, man, is going to make way better decisions in the pocket, you know, stay technical, pick Sam Alvey apart with the jab. He throws a lot of jabs. I like guys that throw a lot of jabs. And, look, I like Sam Alvey, but this is what I was saying even before the span fight and uh, the other fights. It's like the game plan has been out to beat this guy. The only guys he's knocked out as of late are is a bum by the name of Marcin Prachnio and, and – uh, you know, he, he beat Rashad Evans by split decision. You know what I'm saying? This has been this Alvy on the decline thing has been going on for years now. This ain't just a a, a recent thing. I mean, even Clitson Abreu is out here, you know, executing the game plan. Even, you know, old guys on the tail end of their career like Talis Latis are coming out here and getting 30-27s. I mean, even 40-year-olds like Minotaro Noguera are out here getting first-round, uh, second-round KOs against this guy. So, you know, I, I like Sam Alvey, a great guy, and I feel like he's had a great uh, a great career, a, a bit of an overachiever, I feel like. But I just feel like Dalton Jung's too big, too fast, going to walk him down in the pocket, back him up on the fence, and and I think he avoids the right hook. And honestly, you know, at 205, uh, I don't think Alvy's chin is the same at 205. I really feel like if you think he's trending upwards of that span fight, I, I, I personally don't think so. I think Dalton Jung puts him away, man, and I think somewhere early, man, first round. Yeah, listen, I actually agree with you about the Span fight. I mean, if you look at Span just during the walkout, I mean, he acted like the fight was already won. Like, he had zero cares in the world. So, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's a reason that shit went sketchy. And also... Ryan Spann, I mean, I like the guy, but he's got kind of a suspect chin, and Dawoon Jung doesn't. So 
I think that Dawoon Jung isn't going to come out here and do any bullshit. I think he's going to stay on his game plan. I think he's going to be disciplined. I think he knows the right game plan to beat a guy like Sam Alvey. Just be slightly more active than Alvey and don't get caught with that counter right hook and you win the fight. It's that simple. So I'm going with Dawoon Jung to get the biggest win of his career, Shaq. Now, next up in the welterweight division, we got a matchup between Alex Cowboy Oliveira. He's 22-8, and eight, and Shavat Rachmanov is 12-0. and 0. Currently, they got Shavat Rachmanov minus 115, and Alex Cowboy Oliveira is minus 105. Shaq, I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, I disagree with this line. Listen, if this guy's name was Shavat Johnson, I think we'd be looking at minus 200 for Alex Oliveira. But since his name is Shavat Rachmanov, well, now he's getting all this respect. And you want to know something? He's not even Russian, Shaq. I mean, look, no disrespect to the Kazakh fighters. I, I, I respect them a lot. He comes from a good scene. But people are betting him because they literally think that this is some Russian coming in here. This is not a Russian. This is a guy from Kazakhstan. And look... He, he kind of does try to do that Russian coast a little bit, but he, he hasn't been fighting the best competition on the regional scene. I mean, look, I'd say he's decently well-rounded. He definitely deserves to be in the UFC, but I feel like he's getting rushed up, man. I mean, they line, they matched him up with Eliza Zaleski initially. Now he's fighting Alex Cowboy. So may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something I don't know. Maybe this guy's the real deal. And I do think that down the line he's going to win some UFC fights, but man, you, you got to be a certain level to go out there and beat a guy like Alex Cowboy Oliveira. And I know Oliveira's a stunt machine and he might be dominating the fight and then give up his back and get caught in a choke or whatever the case may be. He might he might do something to fuck it up. I, I acknowledge that completely. But I still think that Alex Oliveira's body of work at least deserves to be a favorite. I think he at least deserves favorite status in this fight. So... I think this is the most physical guy that Shavat Rachmanov has ever fought. I think this is the most experienced guy he's ever fought. I think Alex Oliveira is going to pin this guy against the fence, knee him in the body, and maybe not knock him out, but I think he's winning the decision. Just don't pull a stunt, Alex, and you win this fight. So I'm going with Alex Cowboy Oliveira to defeat Shavat Rachmanov. I agree, man. I, this, uh, I haven't seen a fight from him like in the last couple of years but the last one i seen was in like 2018 and he got floored like hard <laughs> like he went out like he fought uh i, for, uh, I forget what dude it was but it was in that uh, wfca promotion and he got floored hard man and he uh he was able to you know recover and get the win by decision but i mean i i just thought he was decent like i didn't think he was like you know bad but i was like he's all right you know i definitely felt like alex cowboy deserved to be the favorite in this fight at least a two to one favorite like or like minus 185 like i get the guys russian sometimes it's hard to fight the russians they uh they play a good chess match type of game but he's this guy Kazakh. you know but he, he's got the the russian ties with uh he's in the same camp with like jan and uh, he's an off yeah, you know, like he, he trains with Peter Yan and Isma Gulov and all of them. So, you know, uh, I feel like uh, he's getting overrated. I definitely don't think he's ready for this fight. But, you know, look, Alex Cowboy has has been known to pull a stun or two. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, let's not remember that stun he pulled against Dolby, even though I thought he got uh, 
completely fucked in that, but hey, it is what it is. I mean, he could have he could have got up. I mean, the Max Griffin fight, I felt like he made that fight a lot closer than what it needed to be, but hey, he got the job done. Uh, but I feel like Alex Cowboy is actually fighting for with a lot of more uh, motivation. You know, he's got another a couple kids. You know, uh, you know, he's trying to he's trying to clean up his life. He's trying to you know not you know. Uh, you know, go on rampages. So I feel like uh, Alex Cowboy will come out here and get the win, man. But like you said, man, there. Maybe I don't know something. I, I, I'm I'm curious because it's like I see the people this dude hangs around, but it's like, can he can he fight with a dude that's you know beating the likes of Tim Means and and uh, who else is Alex Cowboy beating Carlos Condit and you know all these other guys, man. Uh, Ryan Lafleur. I mean, vicious knockout. Uh, you know. So I, I'm interested to see, but I got to go with uh, my boy, Alex Cowboy. Now, next up, and in a 140-pound catchweight, we got a matchup between Casey Kenny. He's 15-2, and two, and Nathaniel Wood is 17-4. and four. Currently, they got Casey Kenny minus 170. The comeback on Nathaniel Wood is plus 150. So, Shaq, we got the two top Bantamweight prospects that are outside the top 15 fighting for a top 15 spot. I guarantee you the winner of this fight is not only moving into the top 15, but they're going to fight a top 15 opponent next because you got the top USA prospect, Casey Kenny versus the man named the prospect, Nathaniel Wood. It's USA versus UK. Uh, listen, I know that is, there's is, a whole... Is, my boy, is, is Hione Barcelos in the top 15? Uh, he should, he's top 10 as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about, but he's top 10 as far as I know. You know, he's not even ranked. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, Shaq, uh, listen, I know we like to joke around or, you know, or not just us, but there's been, you know, a floating joke about how guys from the UK can't wrestle. But Nathaniel Wood is pretty fucking well-rounded, man. I mean, this guy can grapple. This guy can strike. He's the real deal. But Casey Kenny is the real deal, too, man. So uh, which way are you leaning in this prospect showdown? Yeah, you know, I like how you mentioned that because you know, you know, uh, Nathaniel Woods' coach was Pickett. My boy Pickett, my boy Pickett used to can wrestle, man, back in the day. Like beat Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, like Pickett used to take dudes down and like pick them up and stuff. So, you know, uh, he was one of the UK dudes that could actually wrestle. But uh, it's a good matchup, man. Ooh, so you know, Casey Kenny, look, he looked real good his last fight. But let's just be honest here. Haile Alatang is no Nathaniel Wood. Um, and John Castaneda is no Casey Kenny. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like uh, it's a big step up for both guys, you know, since their their last losses uh, from Marab and uh, Dotson. And, you know, man, so I feel like Casey Kenny, you know, he swings more hooks. Uh, at, I'd say the you know, he's a gamer. He's tough. He can grapple. We know he's a college wrestler. He's a judo black belt. He's, you know, he's got jujitsu. Casey is one of the most well-rounded guys. I'd say his weakness is sometimes he kind of gets tired in the third round a little bit. Uh, and Nathaniel Wood, I'd say, honestly, man, Wood, he's really talented, but I'd say Wood, man, he's a super long striker. Like he's good with the teeps. Like he's good with the jabs. He's got some good long uh, punches. I'd say his issue is, man, he like, like his coach Pickett, man, when he starts slugging, he gets carried away and his chin isn't the best. I mean, I've seen my boy Wood do several uh, chicken dances. Let's just say the Johnny Eduardo fight. Let's not remember that uh, that chicken dance. I remember there was a fight in Cage Warriors, man. I forget it was uh, against who, but it, it was fucking crazy the amount of chicken dances he was doing in that fight. Uh, but he ended up knocking the guy out. Uh, 
but it was crazy, man. And then, uh, and then the dot Josh Reed fight. Josh Reed is that his name? But it was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like he was fucking on ice skates. Wood was, and but he was uh, he was able to get the win. And then the Dotson fight, you know, he got knocked out there. I feel like he he could man, he could have honestly beat Dotson, but he got carried away in the exchanges, and Dotson was a lot faster than him. Uh, man, I feel like I can't go against Casey. I just feel like he's too tough too gritty but from a betting perspective i can't lie I, I i do think there's some value on wood like i think it's gonna be a tough fight you know i feel like uh, it's not gonna be easy for either guy you know wood can grapple like wood's no slouch on the mat um and, and i like the way he's dealt with some other fights like the wool fight i like the way he dealt with the with the southpaw look there and, and and you know he, the kid's talented like he's capable of winning this fight um it's just that i feel like casey's more of a dog a uh, better chin um and just finds ways to win man casey just he i just feel like he's a guy that'll find a way to win but i see it being a close fight but i i can't go against casey Kenny. yeah look uh it might be a dog or pass situation at the betting window just because when you got two prospects like this oftentimes you think it might be a pick em. uh but i do kind of agree with the line here and not saying that there's much value in it i still kind of think it's dog or pass but i am siding with casey kenny as well man i think that nathaniel wood's a very talented grappler but i mean i gotta go with the guy who you know is actually an american wrestler here and a judo national champ i think that nathaniel wood is a very talented point striker as well he's got a very good shell game the timing on his strikes is very unpredictable he can make guys look stupid man make no question about it it's just the durability is where i have the issue all four of his losses are stoppage losses and like you said dude he should have beat John Dodson like that that was more of a letdown to me than Casey was against Marab I mean I picked Marab to beat Casey Kenny and I love Casey Kenny it was what it was Casey Kenny cashed a max bet for me against Haile Alatang at minus 225 odds but this is a completely different fight I think that Casey Kenny is the harder hitter here um, I think that Nathaniel Wood might have a better point fighting st uh, style and the grappling, I slightly lean towards Casey Kenny. But I do think that if Casey starts to slow down, maybe Nathaniel could get a takedown or two. But it has to be, it's contingent on Casey Kenny uh, starting to slow down a bit or gas out. But I'm going to lean with Casey Kenny. I think he lands the harder shots. I think he might secure a takedown or two at the end of rounds. I just think he'll slightly outpoint Nathaniel Wood. But at the betting window, I mean, I understand people taking the shot on Wood when you see odds like that. But I'm going to slightly edge the American. I'm going to go with Casey Kenny here. Now, next up in the heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Stefan Struve. He's 29 and 12, and Ty Tuivasa is 10 and 3. Currently, they got Stefan Struve minus 110, and Ty Tuivasa is minus 110. So, I mean, I think we know what both guys want to do. I think Stefan Struve wants to get this to the mat. I think he wants to submit Ty Tuivasa. And I think Ty Tuivasa wants to follow the Mark Hunt blueprint, go out here and knock this guy's head off his shoulders. And I think that Ty Tuivasa, even though, you know, he's pulled a couple stunts inside the octagon and he doesn't seem like he's the brightest, at least he, he did this camp at AKA, which I respect. You know, address your weakness a little bit. Get out of your comfort zone. Train with guys that are going to beat your ass. Uh, you're finally not the lion in the gym anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's a good step in the right direction. And with Stefan Struve, I mean, it's been the same thing his entire career. I mean, the guy, he's got all the physical tools. He's seven feet tall. He's got the massive reach. You know, but he doesn't up. use it. You know, he knocked out Stipe un unconscious. <laughs> you know, flukes happen. But look, <laughs> I mean, if they fight again, holy shit, right? But no, I mean, look. 
Stefan Struve, I've wanted him to use his reach for the last decade, Shaq. You know what I mean? I've wanted him to, and he has at times. Look, he has looked good at times, but overall, it's not been what I've wanted from him. You know, he's been knocked out eight times throughout his career, but I will say this. It might only take one takedown for the fight to be over shortly after. If he gets on top of Tai Tuivasa, I'll be very nervous for Tai. It's just that Struve doesn't often shoot for too many takedowns. The stats say he only uh, shoots for .6 takedowns per 15 minutes. Now, granted, he might only need one in this spot, but to think that he's actually going to consistently go for takedowns, I don't see it happening. I think he kind of pulls guard more than he goes for takedowns, but I, I kind of think that Tai Tuivasa is going to back him up. It's going to you know time the big left hook, the overhand, chop him down with leg kicks, and eventually get him out of here. It's just don't, don't do anything stupid, Ty, and, and you'll probably win this fight. So I'm going to go with Tai Tuivasa via knockout here, Shaq. Yeah, man. You know, I feel like uh, Tui Vasa is making some big changes for this fight, man. Uh, look, he was quite honest. He said he's been kind of ha- he, You know, he was taking shit for granted. He was kind of half-assing a lot of things, uh, like practice-wise. And, you know, now he uh, came out here with DC. And, you know, maybe DC uh, is what he needed to, to straighten out. I heard he, he quit drinking for two and a half months or, or something like that. So, you know, uh, and I heard he's lighter for this fight. So, you know, he said for the Spivak fight, he cut, you know, cut too much weight. I think he said a friend got killed like the day before or something like that. Yeah. And and he just kind of got so down. And, and personally, man, I honestly think Spivak, I know Spivak has a bad rap because, you know, he Tybor whooped his ass and Walt Harris steamrolled him. But I actually think Spivak is a young, talented heavyweight, man. Uh, that's on. I mean, look, he's like 25 and he beat uh, Tui Vasa and what's the, what's the, uh, uh, Carlos uh, Felipe. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like Spivak's actually very talented. He just got uh, thrown into the into the wolves then a little too young. Uh, a little too young. But as far as this fight goes, man, I feel like Tui Vasa's got more to prove, more hungrier than Struve. We know Struve doesn't really want to fight anymore. Man, he retired. Tai Tui Vasa's never retired. Obviously, Tai Tui Vasa, his last, uh, well, his last fight hasn't been good. I think the two prior to that, JDS, you know, hey, young kid, you took an L to JDS. There's no shame in that. The Blagoy fight was a great fight back and forth. You know, Blagoy slightly edged it. But, you know, the last one, I honestly feel like Tui Vasa's head just probably wasn't in it. And I, and I, and I do think that he's going to come into this fight a little more hungrier, a little more sharper. And I just feel like he wants it more than Struve. I know Struve's got the reach and, you know, the knees, the elbows, the long the long strikes. But, you know, he's, he'll flop to his back easily. He'll stay on his back. And, I mean, just look at that one win against Peizal. I mean, look, he was getting his ass with the entire time. And, and then, you know, he just locked up uh, one submission. And my boy Peizal, you know, had to tap that mat. And then, you know, the fight with Ben Rothwell. I mean, let's just be honest here. That was some of the ugliest uh, heavyweight action I've seen in a long time. They need to let these boys take their steroids again. Man, they need to let Big Ben Struve, uh, you know, who else? JDS, oh JDS. my gosh, Kane, like let everyone get back on the roids and come back and let's let's have a uh, have a real heavyweight division. You know what I'm saying? Make heavyweight great again. <laughs> Make heavyweight great again, man. But yeah, you know, I feel like uh yeah, I gotta go with Tuivasa. I just think he's gonna come in sharp for this fight. 
So real quick, uh, Joel Alvarez just missed weight. He came in at 159.5, so it seems like it was a tough weight cut. I mean, look, the dude's 6'3", almost 6'4", so he's, he's got have, a big weight cut. He's going to have to go to 70s at some point, so it's like... <laughs> I mean, the dude's fucking huge, so I, I don't think it was for a lack of effort. I think the guy's just really damn big. Uh, so, yeah, just uh, wanted to point that out. Well, anyways... Next up in the 205-pound division, we got the rematch between Magomed and Khalib. He's 13-1. And, and Iwan Kutalaba is 15-5. Currently, they got Magomed and Khalib. He's minus 310. The comeback on Iwan Kutalaba is plus 255. So, Shaq, uh, I know a lot of people blame the ref uh, for that stoppage the first time. And, look, it, it wasn't the best stoppage. It was actually a horrific stoppage. But... I blame Iwan Kutalaba more than I blame the ref. Like, that was a knock on his fight IQ. I don't care what anyone says. Like, why are you out there playing possum like that? And he didn't do a very good job either, man. I mean, I guess it was a good enough job to sell the ref that he was hurt. But it was like, I, I don't know. I, I That's very questionable to me. Now, a lot of people disagree with me when I say that Iwan Kutalaba's first round or bust. But, I mean, in 15 pro wins... In 15 pro wins, 13 of them are first-round finishes. One of them is a second-round finish. And the only decision win is against Jonathan Wilson. So I don't give a fuck what no one says. As far as I'm concerned, if this guy gets past the first round, the likelihood is that he is not winning the fight. And with Anka Leave, even though we have seen him slow down later in rounds, you know, like in that Paul Craig fight, I know you'll never forget that stunt he pulled against Paul Craig. I feel like we're kind of past that, man. I feel like he's starting to show improvements. He's a very talented guy. He's well-rounded. And actually, I heard that he's been doing this camp in the United States in Las Vegas. I was actually surprised. I thought he was, you know, doing it in Russia, which is fine too, but he's actually doing it with uh, Coach Eric Nixick at Extreme Couture. And word on the street is that Anka Lee has been out here knocking dudes out with head kicks in the gym. He's been doing the whole bit. He's focused. He's hungry. And I think as long as he doesn't get caught with something big in that first round, that he's going to be the one laying down the big shots, the head kicks, the multi-strike combinations. And as this fight progresses, I feel like it favors Anka Lee, and I'm picking him in the spot to win the rematch, Shaq. Yeah, man. I feel like, uh, I mean, obviously, Kudalaba's the, the big underdog, but just in general, man, you know, I, I feel like Kudalaba's very just overrated in general, man. I feel like he, uh, like, he's just meant, I think it's a, me I don't want to say someone's stupid, but like, it's just a mental capacity <laughs> thing. Like, it's just like, you know, the playing possum thing. It's like, but then I watched the Glover Teixeira fight, and then he did the same thing in that fight. As well, I mean, it just that Glover Teixeira ended up taking him down and he quit. So, you know, I feel like Kudalaba, honestly, if he can't punk somebody out like how he did against uh, Roundtree, like, you know, he punked him out at Wayne's. Roundtree's kind of, you know, hit or miss mentally. Then, uh, you know, Jonathan Wilson, uh, uh, Frankenstein De Silva, um, you know, what's the the, the stunt Russian? Uh, Antigolov, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, these guys... Uh, stunt Tigolov. Stunt Tigolov, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, I feel like uh, this guy... And that fight, that performance was super ugly, man. I feel like Kudalaba is first round or bust. Or maybe I'll even go ahead and say first three minute or bust. So, you know, I feel like uh, Ankalaev is going to come out here and absolutely outclass him, man. I feel like Ankalaev... I'm, uh, I'm willing to forgive him for the Paul Craig stunt because, hey... Paul Craig's been able to pull that off more since then too. So hey, <laughs> yeah. Paul Craig went to went to draw with Shogun. Hey, you gotta give him his give him his props. So you know, uh, I feel like hey, you know, it's a 
it was a good learning lesson, but I got to go Ankalaev, man. He, he's the longer striker. And once he clears that first two, three minute storm of Kudalaba, you know, bombing off on overhand rights, you know, I feel like he's going to knock him out with a left high kick, a front kick, a straight left, you know, uh, something like that. But I definitely see Ankalaev getting the finish. So real quick, uh, Alex Cowboy just came in at 173 pounds. So, you know, so, my boy. so they, they already trying to pull stunts, huh? <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't affect his mental too much. I'll say this. When he missed by a mile against Will Brooks, he whooped Will Brooks. So he has missed weight and won fights before. So, so, so just remember sa- that. So you're saying he's going to fuck this uh, Kazakhstani up. Yeah, he might. He might. Don't put it past him. Now, next up in the flyweight division, we got a matchup between Lauren Murphy. She's 13 and four. And Lilia Shakirova is eight and one. Currently, they got Lauren Murphy minus 210. The comeback on Lilia Shakirova is plus 175. Shaq, we got a fighter named Shakirova making her USC debut. You want to take this one? You go with uh, the fellow Shaq here? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a, I feel like uh, Lilia Shaker, Lilia Shakarova. Yeah, I feel like she's, you know, very talented, uh, you know, a good lefty. She's got a good kicking game. Um, you know, I feel like she's going to be really good, you know, in the future. It's just, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't think she's going to be ready to, uh, to compete on this level on a, on a week short notice, man. I feel like she's got a good career ahead of her. It's just that, man, you know, look, I know you guys have heard me shit shit on Lauren Murphy like plenty of times, but man, like honestly, like like I was saying about Inka Live, like to be honest, man, it's just been nothing, you know, reeking of positivity, man. It's like, you know, this girl's like completely different. I'm, let's just be honest here, man. Like in her last three fights, a, a chick's been knocked out stiff. Uh, Andrea Lee's face was battered. A mouthpiece was coming out all over the place. And Roxanne Mataferi was doing a whip, a nene, a stanky leg. A, you know, I mean, look, it's like, I mean, Murphy slammed her on her head. I mean, Lauren Murphy's last three fights. Look, I know the secret. I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to release, but hey, a matter of fact, I will release it. She has been working with Marvin Vittori's uh, doctor. You know, my, I forget uh-uh. the dude's name. I forget the dude's name, but it's on YouTube. Just go to her uh, her YouTube channel. But uh, but there's some dude from Italy, man. The dude's like a he's like a doctor, a chef. <laughs> like uh, I was like, oh, you know, and he works with with Marvin too. So and uh, some other dudes. So you know, uh, that, that's been a part of her success. She left the lab. I mean, she's. I can't say. I think she. I think she's gonna come out here and just. And outclass this girl. I think Lilia's got a bright future ahead, but she she hasn't fought anybody. You know, is she ready to, you know, work hard in the clinch? I mean, Murphy. I mean, her her fights get rough. I mean, chicks chicks getting battered and chunks are flying, man. I mean, that's just the facts. Like, I mean, is she ready to to be in these tough positions? And I just don't think so. But uh, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, you know, you got a big line to, to fade. Lauren Murphy, I get that idea maybe like a year or two ago, but like currently right now, I mean, look, Roxanne Mataferi, another person I've I've made fun of in the past, but look, a win over Roxanne Mataferi at 125 means something. I mean, that's just the facts about it. Um, so I'm going to go with Lauren Murphy. I, I honestly think she probably beats this girl up pretty good. Uh, I mean, she's been moving forward. I mean, I, yeah, she gets hit a lot, but she moves forward. Uh, and I mean, look, she, she took the words out of my mouth as she, after she knocked out Mara Barella, you know, stiff on that canvas. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, 
like you said, man, if you compare Lauren Murphy a couple of years ago to Lauren Murphy now, it's a completely different fighter, man. I mean, she's had a true transformation. And now it makes sense that she's got Marvin Vittori's doctor because you see the kind of physique that Lauren Murphy's got now, the kind of conditioning she can push deep into the third round. Hey, it's a different fighter. That's why I agree with you when you say that. If you want to fade her, I feel like a couple years ago was the time to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. She fights Valentina. That's a different story. I mean, plus it'll be like minus 1,000 Valentina. But she is not fighting Valentina. She's fighting a newcomer. And like you said, Lilia Shakarova, she might have a bright future down the line. You know, she's a tough girl. But I think she's not only outclassed here, but she's also outsized here. I think she's kind of too small for Lauren Murphy. And I think she will go on to win a couple UFC fights, but this is a tough ask and a tall order for her UFC debut. So I'm going to go with Lord Murphy. Most likely unanimous decision, but a TKO stoppage somewhere along the way won't surprise me either. Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got a matchup between Phil Haas. He's 18, excuse me, between Phil Haas. He's 8-2, and two, and Jacob Malkoon is 4-0. Currently, they got Phil Haas minus 240. The comeback on Jacob Malkoon is plus 200. So this is an interesting fight, man. This one's tough for me to call because it's like Phil Haas, uh, look, he's a very athletic guy, and he's definitely paid his dues to make it to the UFC. I mean, he's taken some very brutal setbacks. Uh, shout out to my boy, Lewis Put the Guns Down Taylor, who went out there and finished uh, Phil Haas in style with that nasty guillotine. But listen, uh Phil Haas paid his dues. You know, that Julian Marquez fight. Now he's worked his way back up. He picked himself back up, got on a win streak, earned his spot in the UFC with that vicious knockout on Contender Series. And with Jacob Malkoon, I don't know much about him. I know that he trains with Robert Whitaker. He's from Australia. He's undefeated. He's only 4-0. But what I saw, he's pretty solid, man. I mean, his boxing isn't half bad. Uh, I saw him get up from bottom. I saw him land some nice crown and pound. Now, granted, the level of competition he was fighting was, you know, very subpar. So you got to give the experience edge to Phil Haas. He's been in there with way better guys like, like Lewis Taylor, like Julian Marquez. So definitely, I'm just questioning what happens if, like, you know, if Phil Haas can't get like a first round knockout or something, you know, can can this guy uh, Malcoon kind of make it a tough fight and kind of you know just outwill Phil Haas? So that's what I'd be worried about. So I think it might be a dog or pass situation, but I'll slightly lean with the experience of Phil Haas uh, and the athleticism. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised either way, man. I, I think that you can't lay minus two forty on Phil Haas, but as a as a pure pick, I'll pick him here to get it done based off the experience. Yeah, man, this is a, a fight I'm interested in because I feel like, uh, you know, I really didn't know too much about Phil Haas, to be honest. But like, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, I know he was a big hype train, obviously. And, you know, that the Marquez fight, he got viciously knocked out and, you know, things like that. But I know he was a prospect that didn't live up. But, man, I feel like uh, this particular fight, man, it's really... Uh, I feel like he's getting really slept on here, man, because, like, dude, look, I know he, uh, but look, he fought, he, this dude literally, this is like, this is what we call when you you make, this is like a bad, he had a bad career path in the beginning. I think he was like 2-0, and 3-0. I think he fought, he fought Luis Taylor, who was like 13-2 and at the time, who's beaten all the dudes that he's, like, he's knocked out Russians and, 
and uh you know like all this other stuff like like beating real legit dudes like been in there with Dave Branch and you put Philip Hawes at in there with them at three and oh and he gets choked out yet alone you know where after that fight he should go back to the local scene and you know get some more experience but instead they 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 force the issue and put him in contender series the fight after that. You know what I'm saying? Against Julian Marquez. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe he had like one win in between. But like, you know, he's still not ready for that spot. You know, Marquez is a guy like who finished Darren Stewart. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like this is like a completely different level. Um, you know, he, he took the vicious knock uh, a vicious knockout loss there. Just gassing out, not having any sense of direction. But man, you know, since that point, man, I feel like this dude paid his dues and you know he went out there and you know the dudes that he knocked out and brave weren't the best guys but just the experience you know going overseas you know i mean he's already used to flying you know to you know to foreign countries he fought in india you know he fought in you know these uh middle east countries and he and he got first round knockouts yeah we haven't seen him in a second but as far as this guy uh Jacob Malhoun. Jacob Malhoun isn't ready for the UFC. And that's just like, you know what you just said a, a couple minutes ago? I saw him get up from bottom. I saw him land some ground and pound. You know, I, I saw him get a, you know, like these are things that, yeah, any fighter can do. You know what I'm saying? I feel like oh, the only thing this guy's, uh, you know, in this matchup that why this line isn't wider is because he's Robert Whitaker's training partner. The guys that he's fought are complete bums. Uh, you know, he comes from that scene. And I'm not saying that everyone from that scene is bad because, you know, Crew came from that promotion, uh, Hex. But what about the malarkeys of the world and the, and the, uh, the Kula Bows and the and the Callan Potters and the and you know uh, and you know there's some other guys too but you know I feel like uh, the dudes he fought were just not even there was no resistance at all man this guy ain't never been hit before in a real fight this guy ain't never even had to stuff a takedown from a a a, 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 a level wrestler that Philip Paz is like this guy ain't ready for the U this guy I'm not even sure if this guy would win the NFC title bro like this is <laughs> this is what I'm saying like. I really think Philip Haas is going to put this guy away here in the first round. I don't think he's ready for the spot. I think he's being thrown into it. This is like that typical, like, you know, when they when they bring in uh, – <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, when they bring in, like, Diaz's teammate. What was the kid's name? <laughs> um, Avila. Uh, yeah, you know, like, just, like, the dude's not ready for the UFC. Like, like he's got four fights against absolutely nobody. <laughs> like – like you, like you said, yeah, I saw him get up from bottom. I, I saw him land some ground and pound, you know. Like, but you know, I, I really feel like uh, Philip Paz is getting underrated in this spot. I think he knocks this guy out in the first round, man. Uh, I mean, you fought Lewis Taylor at two and o, three and o, you know, uh, you know, fought um, Julian Marquez. Like, you know, I, I feel like he's ready for this spot. I feel like uh, this is a good fight for him. Now, next up in the heavyweight division, we got a matchup between Alexander Volkov. He's 31 and 8, and Walt Harris is 14 and 8. Officially 13 and 8, but we both know he beat Arlovsky, so he's 14 and 8. You can't take that win away from him. Currently, they got Alexander Volkov minus 175. The comeback on Walt Harris is plus 155. And I know I just said he's 14 uh, and 8. He's actually 15 and 7 because between you and me, he also beat Mark Godbeer. So a couple of his wins have been taken away from him. But look, all bullshit aside, man, as a fan, nothing would make me happier than seeing Walt Harris come out here, 
knock out Alexander Volkov, have that moment inside the cage, give a nice speech. We all feel good for him. I mean, how can you not cheer for a guy like Walt Harris? You know, all the bullshit he's been through. Like, I want to see this guy win as a fan. But stylistically, I just think this is a really tough matchup if he doesn't get the knockout, man. I feel like Alexander Volkov has got a good, disciplined point fighting style. He's very tall. I mean, six foot seven. He's got the eighty inch reach. Uh, normally, Walt Harris is the taller guy at six five, but now you got a guy here who's six seven. And if Volkov can come out here, stay disciplined, point fight, keep this on the outside, I think he should come out here and win the decision. So my pure pick will be Alexander Volkov, but just as a fan. And emotionally, I really hope Walt Harris gets this done. I'll be cheering for him. I'll be happy for him. But I think Volkov probably wins a decision check. You know, man, you know, I, I know Volkov's a, a popular pick this week. You know, uh, yeah, you know, look, Volkov showed his heart his last fight against Blades. I mean, he had several opportunities to get smashed on, and he didn't. Um, and Walt Harris definitely, you know, he, I don't want to say he dropped the ball. But, you know, I want to – has he weighed in yet? No, nah, but I know he's in way better shape for this I fight. See, I want to see, because uh, I know I heard he had a 13-week camp. I know uh, he had a very long time p- to prepare. And, you know, yeah, I see this being probably one, uh, uh, one of the heavyweight fights that probably goes three rounds. And, you know, Walt Harris, uh, he hasn't had the best luck, in, you know, best luck in those. I know he got the win over Arlovsky. Um, but, man, just like, honestly, I know Volkov's, you know, great fighter, you know, beat Verdum. And I just, I just can't trust them at that line, man. I, I Yo, can I say something? Yeah. Uh, Volkov came in fucking heavy, bro. Like, okay. So his, uh, last fight against Curtis blades, he came in two forty seven. his fight against Greg Hardy. He came in two fifty one. Guess what? He came in this fight, Shaq. Uh. At the limit, 265. So Volkov's uh, kind of fat for this one, possibly. Unless he's got a new strength and conditioning program and he put on a lot of muscle. But 265 for Volkov when the guy is a mover and a point fighter. I don't know if that's a good sign, man. Well, you know, just even before that, man, I, I, I was saying I can't trust Volkov at that line. And the reason is it's like, you know, when he came into the UFC, look, his first two fights were super, I mean, not, but the Tim Johnson fight was close. I mean, it could have went either way. Uh, I mean, he got dropped in that fight. I mean, he got floored in that fight. You can't forget that. You know, he was able to get the win over Roy Nelson. You know, I feel like the Verdum fight, yeah, he knocked him out, but that's a completely different matchup. You know, on the feet, he's got a big edge there. Uh, but in other fights, like I cannot get over that Black Beast fight, man. That's like... It's like such a big lack of focus, lack of, uh, you know, concentration that it's like, you know, you're up, you know, two rounds. I mean, this thing's in the bag and he got super tired and he, and he got knocked out. And then, you know, the Greg Hardy fight, a fight he should win. Greg Hardy's not ready for that. I just don't see the the big the big gap here between the two, like uh, a lot of people are thinking, I'm not saying that Walt Harris is going to come out here and, 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 you know, knock him out or anything, but I think Walt Harris can, you know, maybe possibly land the harder shots throughout the three rounds or maybe even catch a knockout, man. Volkov has been known to pull a stun or two in the past. I just would not trust Alexander Volkov. And this is coming from a fan of his, like at, at this line, I feel like, you know, he kind of at times drops the ball. And Walt Harris, I feel like, is super hungry for this fight. And, yeah, I know Walt Harris, when they, when fights go to decision, 
I mean, look, the pulling the trigger thing has always been the issue, you know. I, and if you, when you lose this fight by decision, you're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck. But, you know, I, I just can't trust Volkov at that line, man. I actually think while Harris is going to come out here and get the upset, man, I think uh, he's, he's going to be in better shape for this fight. You know, after that last one, man, I feel like, you know, he came in super heavy for that fight, like eight pounds heavier than what he uh, or at least six to eight pounds heavier than like what he usually did you know due to the circumstances and I just think you know after this 13 week camp he'll, he's gonna come in lighter faster sharper and I, I think he and I think he gets the upset man um you know I get it Volkov six seven and he's a good point fighter but you know I just see a guy that he, he fights close a lot or just like, you know, he's had a lot of letdown moments. I know you remember that that Tony Johnson fight back in Bellator and in the Czech Congo yeah. fight and, you know, like things like that, uh, you know, but I'm going to go with Walters. Just real quick, how come uh, Volkov weighed in 18 pounds heavier for this fight than the Curtis Blades fight? Like, that is alarming as fuck. I don't care what no one says. Like, that... Like, 18 pounds heavier, like, and you're a mover. You're supposed to stay on the outside with the footwork and do the whole bit. So I, I don't like that right off the bat. And real quick, uh, odds just opened up for a different fight. Arnold Allen minus 190, Jeremy Stevens plus 165. But anyway, Shaq, co-main event of the evening, we got Robert the Reaper Whitaker. He's 21 and 5, and Jared Cannonier is 13 and 4. Currently, they got Jared Cannonier minus 110, and Robert Whitaker is minus 110. So, look, I know a year or two ago, Robert Whitaker would have been a decent-sized favorite uh, in this spot, but this is not a year or two ago. This is now. And you and I both said that after you know the, the 10 rounds with Yoel Romero, that neither guy was going to come back the same. And, look, Yoel Romero hasn't won a fight since, and Robert Whitaker has been dropped in every single fight since. Uh, the Izzy Adesanya fight and the Darren Till fight in that first round with the left elbow. But I got to give Robert Whitaker a lot of credit, man. I mean, his his heart is still on point. His conditioning is there. I mean, he re he recovered from that uh, elbow, got back up, and ended up winning the fight. So I like that. But, man... I'm not sure if he can recover from a Jared Cannonier shot. And you know Robert does fight with his hands down. So I want to hear your perspective first. But I will say this. If this goes the distance, I have to lean towards Whitaker. But the, the thing is, will, will this go the distance? I mean, if Robert fights with his hands down, and he's been put down his last three, four, uh, his last three fights in a row. Yeah, man. You know, coming into this, man, I was really thinking, you know, Cannonier was probably going to knock him out. But, man... You know, look, I, I really like Jared. I think what he's done since he's been at 185 has been, uh, has been you know, really good. You know, knocking out Branch, uh, Anderson Silva, and and, uh, and Jack Hermanson. But man, this is this is a this is a different game. This is a different ball game now, man. Like, look, I know Whitaker. A lot of people think he's done on the tail end, but. You know, even the Till fight, you know, live, I was thinking he kind of, you know, looked like a diminished version, but I rewatched him, man. It was a, it was a high level chess match, man. I mean, you know, Till with that left, it's like, you know, you know, you can't get in the way of that thing. And then it's like, you know, and I feel like Robert's confidence was probably a little low going into that. I mean, he just lost his belt. He just got knocked out, you know, he's a little cloudy, but now he got the win. Maybe he's, a, you know, a more rejuvenated, you know, more improved version of himself uh, off that win. Maybe he wants a rematch. Look, I, I, I definitely am fearful that he gets caught early, but man, to be honest, like, I honestly think he's better than Cannoneer everywhere, <laughs> man. I feel like Cannoneer 
like, I don't want to discredit these wins because he's shown great improvement. But Jack Hermanson has nowhere near the speed, power, footwork of a, of a Robert Whitaker. Jack Hermanson's, no offense, he's a one-dimensional grappler. Like, he's got decent stand-up, but, you know, we know that Jack was banking on submitting Cannoneer. When that didn't work out, he completely panicked in, in uh, the calf kicks. I will say I will say this, Cannoneer's calf kicks are some of the most vicious calf kicks in the game. And Whitaker does put a, a lot of weight on that front leg. So, I mean, look, if, it, if his calf goes out, his calf goes out, and perhaps the Cannoneer. Cannoneer is super impactful, but I feel like Robert Whitaker is sharper, faster, better overall, higher level experienced. Def, not more durable. Cannoneer is definitely more durable, and he's got that going for him and the more power. But I just feel like uh, Whitaker's got more uh, – advantages in this fight but it could go either way 100 i mean cannoneer's got scary power but i just feel like his footwork isn't on rob's level i just feel like uh i just feel like whitaker i'm confident whitaker's the better fighter it's just you know it's, it's chin he's been he's been wobbled like you said every every single fight you know since then so we'll see but i'm gonna go with robert whitaker i just feel like he should be the favorite but we'll see so real quick uh walt harris just weighed in you're gonna like this 254 pounds. This is the lightest he's been since the Daniel Spitz fight. So 10 and a half pounds lighter than the Alistair Overeem fight, lighter than the Olenek fight, lighter than the Spivak fight, lighter than the Arlovsky fight. The only time he's been lighter than this was the Spitz fight. So very good sign for Walt Harris. Now back to this matchup shack uh, between Robert Whitaker and uh, Jared Cannonier. So, look, I mean, I agree with all the points you said. I mean, I can't dispute what you said. And I also kind of am worried when when I think that, you know, a guy should be a favorite and, and he's not. I mean, it is a pick but, man, it's just one of those things where it's like I really do think that if Whitaker can't, uh, you know, make it to the scorecards that it's going to be because not because he knocked out Cannonier, but because Cannonier knocked him out. And I, I think that, look, Whitaker's definitely got a path. And I hate to call a guy like that with as many knockouts as he has a point fighter, but it, it would be better to not go toe-to-toe with Cannoneer and instead come out here and just outland him and, and try to make it to the cards. But the thing with that is Whitaker fights with his hands down. I feel like something up top is going to catch him. And also Cannoneer can chop and chop him down with those leg kicks, those devastating cap kicks, get the movement to slow down a bit, and then it might become kind of an even playing field. So I'm going to actually go with Jared Cannonier to win this fight, but I do agree with you that I kind of wish it was dog money so I could say Jared Cannonier for the upset because this could be like, you know, that legend letdown spot where, you know, like a Hooker versus Barboza or like a Joseph Benavidez versus Alex Perez type fight where, you know, where they're rushing the guy, not rushing the guy, but hyping the guy a little bit too soon. But I like what I've seen from Cannoneer. I mean, we can say what we want about Hermanson, but usually when Hermanson takes guys down, the fights are over shortly after. And especially when he took him down, he took his back. And the fact that Cannoneer was able to scramble out of that, that's a big statement. Um, I know Branch and Anderson are kind of on their way out, but I like I, he handled them both accordingly, so I like that. And I also like the fact that, you know, we've seen this guy at heavyweight, at light heavyweight, now at 185. This is the finished product of Jared Cannonier. This is the best version of Jared Cannonier at 185 pounds. So, 
even though he's the older guy, and I'm not going to sit here and say a 29-year-old like Robert Whitaker is on his way out. I, I disagree with that. That would be disrespectful to say to the former champ. I just think that Cannoneer might have a style to present some problems with his power here. So I'm going to actually go with Jared Cannoneer to get this one done. You know, uh, real quick, you know, uh, Jared Cannoneer, you know where he got discovered? The Alaska Fighting Championships. <laughs> You know, my boy, you know, he's come there. a long way since then, you know, right? My, you know, him and uh, I saw uh, he posted a picture today. It was like him, Lauren Murphy, uh, and they were like, you know, you know, young fighters back in Alaska. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, they they uh, came a long way. You know? They really have. Uh, a guy from Alaska beat uh, <laughs> Jack Hermanson in a fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? He went the distance with the Jan Blahovich, you know. Yeah. So. You know, man, like, man, he's fought tough competition too, man, because at 205, like, he was fighting, like you said, Blackovich, Reyes, like, some big fucking boys, man. The Kudalaba, he beat him, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kananir, you know, he ain't, you know, he ain't scared of nothing. Yeah, he really ain't. And the guys, uh, you know, he's talking like Thanos out there, like remember, he's walking around with stones, doing the whole he, bit. You remember when he used to be a Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, it, 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 now he's like talking about taking mushrooms and shit. You know, no, so, no he, smoke, he smokes like mad weed now, man. Like he's on IG always smoking weed. <laughs> that's what, that's what's up. Shout out to my boy Jerry Cannonier. Main event of the evening for the lightweight belt. We got Habib the Eagle Nurmagomedov. He's twenty eight and zero, and Justin the Highlight Gaethje is twenty two and two. Currently, they got Habib Nurmagomedov minus three ten. The comeback on Justin Gaethje is plus two fifty five. So Shaq, I know as a betting man, anytime you see a number like that next to Justin Gaethje's name, it's gotta be, it's gotta stand out. It's gotta be intriguing. The the only the only catch is he's fighting Habib Nurmagomedov. He's not just fighting some random guy. What do you think about this fight? Is Justin Gaethje the one? Yeah, uh, yeah, man. You know, uh, man. Shout out to Gaethje, man, because. He's one of my favorite fighters, man. Ever since he fought uh, Poirier, man, I, I've been a big fan of this. That that same night, man, it's kind of crazy for that he's in the spot because that same night I said to myself, like, I wouldn't be shocked if this dude made it all the way back to a title fight. And that's exactly what he did, man. So, uh, man, Khabib, arguably the GOAT, uh, you know, arguably the number one pound for pound. I mean, we already know the deal here. Can Gaethje stuff the takedowns? What happens if Khabib gets him fully down? Does he have the jujitsu to get back up? Does he have the uh, the scrambling ability? Man, can Khabib take a Gaethje punch? Man, but you know, so you know, you know, get Justin Gaethje just beat Tony Ferguson, twelve fight win streak, uh, big win. But man. Look, I I I bet on him in that fight. He was like plus one eighty or plus one seventy five or something like that. And I I the reason was because I just felt like Tony Ferguson's you know uh, just wasn't. I know he was on this twelve fight win streak, but it was kind of like you know a Holloway Poye situation. It's like, dude, there's no way he's gonna walk forward and just you know get off on these shots against Gaethje. Like, there's just no way, and uh, that's exactly what happened. And, and and that win's great, but it's like Tony Ferguson is all over the place. Tony Ferguson. Chin is straight up in the air, and it's a completely different style matchup. It's like, you know, I, I love I love that, uh, you know, the fact that he was able to dominate him from start to finish, and that shows you the type of uh, competitor that he is. So, you know, it's like 
it's just one fight, man. I must sit back and enjoy and just kick my feet up and watch these two dudes. Uh, you know, as much as I want to bet Gaethje, it's like, I don't know if he can say it could be a waste of, yeah, I could just be wasting a, you know I mean? We know the deal it could be, but it's like, we're going to know right away, can he stuff? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and and if he get, and if he goes to his back in the first round, it's like, fight's over. I mean, let's just be honest here. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and if he can't get up by the first round, the fight's over. But, you know, Justin Gaethje, man, I can't ever play chalk against a guy like him like do you know the type of sweats you would have like bro with that dude swinging punches at your head and 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 look the big concern i have with khabib in this fight man is i don't know how many uh calf kicks that leg can take before it before it goes out you know what i'm saying and and, you know the boxing wise i feel like khabib definitely has some underrated boxing but with a guy like justin gaethje it doesn't matter if one of those things get around those ears if one of those things get you know clip a forehead you know anything and, and then his uh and then his instincts, man, to just go in for the kill or just, you know, his last fight, he showed that he can stay patient and just break you down, you know, against a guy like Tony Ferguson. But I wouldn't, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be shocked, but it's like, I, that guy, man, is fucking good. His coaching staff is good. Trevor Whitman and them, man, they're the best in the business. You know, they're coming in with a, a very complex, you know, game plan to come in here and get the win. I don't know how he's going to stuff the takedowns, but man. If he does and Khabib has to stand with him for any length of time, I truly believe, you know, Khabib betters will be holding their breath. I, I, I think it's only a matter of time before Gaethje lands something to, to stun him. You know, I, I think Khabib's a warrior. But look, when Dustin touched him on that chin the few times that he did, he did not like it. And when a, and you get a guy like Gaethje who's actually, you know, a, a college wrestler that can actually stay upright for maybe a little longer – uh, you know, maybe he can have some success, but I, I'm not going to go against Khabib. The wrestling usually overpowers everything and, and guys usually succumb to the, to the cardio and Gaethje's, he gets tired. I mean, that's one of his flaws. He has been tired in the Eddie Alvarez fight. He did get tired against Dustin. You know, uh, he has been huffing and puffing, but since then he just knocks guys out or in the last one, I mean, look to, to perform like that on eight, on what was it? Like 18 days notice. It was very, uh, was very impressive. So um, I'm going to sit back and enjoy. I'm, I'm, my pick is Khabib, but it, it, betting perspective, it's Gaethje or pass for me, man, because I just feel like that dude has a, has his intangibles, man, are are scary, man. Like, I know Khabib's Khabib, and he's a legend, and he's the GOAT, but, you know, Gaethje, man, he's a gamer, but we'll see what happens, man. I'm super excited for this fight. This is as, as excited for a fight as I've been in a long time, so we'll see. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, man, uh, this is such a great fight. Uh, right off the bat, to talk about that Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson fight, I would never discredit a performance like that, but I just want to factually state that, yes, he did make it to the fifth round, and not only make it to the fifth round, knock out Tony Ferguson or, or stop him in the fifth round, but Shaq, zero takedowns were attempted in that fight, and it, it requires a completely different uh, type of conditioning to deal with takedowns in the fight than to just be in a stand-up fight for five straight rounds. But, I mean, I mean, if you had the video game and you're creating a fighter and you want to create the guy to defeat the great Habib Nurmagomedov, the first place we'd start is the wrestling. And I mean, Justin Gaethje is a two-time state champion wrestler from Arizona, and he went on to wrestle at the Division One level at Northern Colorado. He's a Division One All-American at Northern Colorado. So this guy's got the fucking credentials to come out here and do it. It's just executing it is a completely different story. So can he do it or not? And I don't think he's going to come out here and 
attempt takedowns against uh, Khabib or anything like that. I think if, I think he's going to try to use his wrestling in reverse. Now, you brought up a great point about the calf kicks. Um, you know, can he come out here like in the first 30 seconds, like land four of them in a row and immediately kind of immobilize Khabib and kind of take a little bit of the explosiveness away from that shot? I'm very curious to see if he can do that. So the first part would be the wrestling. The second part would be the power. I mean, when you talk about Gaethje, this is a guy who's won 19 of his 22 wins by knockout or TKO. So this guy is a proven highlight machine. And when you talk about how he's been one of your favorite fighters since the Poirier fight, Shaq, let's be honest, he's been one of your favorite fighters since WSOF because, I mean, this fucking guy, when he was performing in World Series of Fighting and we were watching him on CBS, he was like the most exciting fighter in MMA. Well, yeah. We couldn't wait. Well, yeah, but, you know, back then, honestly, yeah, we, we always watched his fights, but I remember a lot of people were, like, saying, how long can this guy fight like this? You know, he's, he's, he's going to die. You know, there's no way Gaethje can. <laughs> Bro, that was the talk. You remember those baboon against Luis Palomino and uh, and uh, the Busca pay fight where he, you know, was in there, you know, trading sloppy and shit. Like, people were saying, like, Gaethje's going to die in there one day, man. That's very true. So I guess the difference is, okay, so he's always been one of the most exciting fighters we've ever seen, but now we view him as like a top three elite fighter. So now he's one of the most elite fighters. I mean, he's got a fucking interim lightweight belt to to touch any kind of gold in that division, which is the most talent stacked division in the entire sport, speaks volumes to the kind of level he's on. So he's not just exciting. He's the highest of the highest caliber, too. So not only does he have the wrestling and the power and the leg kicks, he's also got the grit. I mean, this guy is as tough as they come. He's got the heart of a champion, and he's willing to go to that dark place that's required that a lot of fighters, they're not eager to visit. You know what I mean? So the fact that he's able to uh, tap into that, and I remember he famously said uh, before the Tony Ferguson fight, he said, Tony, take me to that dark place of yours. Well, he's going to really need to go to a dark place to beat a guy like Habib. So... I mean, those are the things that Gaethje's got going for him, man. But the things that make Habib so great, listen to this stat, Shaq. Habib has successfully uh, completed 59 takedowns in 12 UFC fights, okay? I repeat, 59 successful takedowns in 12 UFC fights. I mean, this guy is truly a takedown machine. And because of that, people underrate his stand-up. But I, I think his stand-up's not half bad either. I mean, he's the only man in UFC history to drop Conor McGregor. And you can sit here and say that, you know, Conor was worried about the takedown. And, and that's probably true, but that, that kind of sounds like an excuse to me because you have to have some kind of, you know, capability standing if you want to go out there and drop a guy like McGregor. And, you know, he was out there uh, against Edson Barboza. And normally it's like, hey, if you trade kicks with Edson Barboza, that's a death sentence. Khabib's out there kicking Barboza, no problem, throwing flying knees against Barboza. What about when he stood in the middle of Madison Square Garden and popped out like in his head back? Oh, yeah, I was about to get to that. I mean, he felt so unthreatened by Al Iaquinta that he went out there and put on a jab clinic against Iaquinta. So I, I would not sleep on a Habib stand-up at all. But, yeah, obviously, if you want to beat a guy like Gaethje, I don't recommend standing in the pocket with him. The guy hits really hard, but you cannot – and he's accurate and he's precise the whole bit. But you cannot sleep on the stand-up of Habib either. But I think more so Habib will use the stand-up to set up the shots. And in the middle of the cage – that's where I think Gaethje's going to stuff. It's just against the fence. That's where I'm most worried about for Gaethje. So I do see this being the toughest fight of Habib's career. And I, I think there is upset potential for sure. Because, look, oftentimes with these long 
reigning champions, it usually happens when you least expect it, man. Like if you would have told me that Chris Weidman was going to be the guy to not just defeat Anderson Silva, but knock him out, I, I would have patted you on the back and sent you on your way. If you would have told me Holly Holm was going to be Ronda Rousey, I would have been like, yeah, right, dude. And even another example, if you would have told me TJ Dillashaw was going to dethrone Henan Burrell back then, I would have been like, yeah, okay. And people might laugh at that now, but TJ Dillashaw was a plus 700 dog at the time. Uh, Henan Burrell was on a 32-fight win streak. He was 32-1. and one. People were... Uh, I remember when they were calling him the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter. So, like... These long-reigning champions, they lose when you least expect it. Even John Jones, like, I expect him to win every fight so dominantly. And these last two, they've been getting more and more competitive. So these long-reigning champions lose when you least expect it. So will I be surprised if Justin Gaethje is the one? No, I won't. It's just I don't have the conviction to sit here and say that I think Habib is going to lose a fight uh, at this point with everything he's accomplished. And as, as far as the, you know, the father stuff, just, you know, all our respect to Abdul Manap, you know, a, a true legend and pioneer. But I don't think that that's going to make a difference here. I don't think that Habib is the kind of guy that is going to be slacking in the gym. And I also don't think that he's the, the guy that's going to come out here with like extra motivation. I think Habib is a consistent guy no matter what. So I think Habib's going to show up with the same fire and intensity that he always does. So I, I, I don't really factor that into the equation. It's just more so about the line. Do you think the line is off or not? Do you want to lay minus 330 against a guy like Justin Gaethje? I mean, look, in the Conor McGregor fight, Habib was only minus 165. In the Dustin Poirier fight, Habib was only minus 250. He's minus 350 here, and this is a tougher fight. But you could also argue that he should have been minus 350 in those two fights. So maybe the line is rightly adjusted, or on the on the flip side, maybe it is some recency bias. So I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to lean with Habib Nurmagomedov to get it done. Um, but will I be surprised if, if Gaethje is the guy? No, I won't, because stylistically he does, he does present some threats. You can't deny it, but ultimately... As a pure pick, I got to go with Habib, the Eagle, Nurmagomedov to, to remain the champion. So we'll see what happens Saturday night, Shaq. Well, Shaq, now we got to talk about the fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So what is the fight to watch for UFC 254? Yeah, my fight to watch is going to be the uh, the co-main event, man. Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier. I mean, the stakes are high in this one. You know, Whitaker, I mean, look, if he wins this fight, he can he can get his rematch against uh, Adesanya. And I know that's a fight that he wants. And Adesanya's been calling the fight Cannoneer. I mean, he's been saying that Jared Cannoneer is his sole brother and that he wants to give him this title shot, you know, uh, after this uh, after this fight, man. So Cannoneer's got a lot of pressure. I mean, the title shot is literally in your hands if you win this fight. The stakes are high. And, I mean, man, the loser of this fight is going to take a big step back, man. It's like, you know, this is this is it, man. So uh, that's my fight to watch. Uh, the middleweight division is getting more intriguing, man. You know, we got guys like, you know, Riddiker and Cannonier doing their thing. I know Hermanson and Till are, are about to get it in here soon. I've been looking forward to that fight. Uh, you got guys like, uh, you know, Weidman just got to win. I, you know, you know, I heard he wants the fight comes out, you know. <laughs> I heard uh, they took Leon Edwards out the ranking, so now now he's down to fight Hamza Shaq. So that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, you know, if that poor, actually happens. poor Leon, man. But you know, at the same time, he kind of played himself, man. It's like, you know, he didn't. Ha I mean, he he should have realized like you don't have as much pool as you think you do, man. Like, like I mean, look, yeah, you've been winning, but like. Some of those fights nobody gave a shit about. I mean, look, they were good performances, like, just from a, a general perspective. But, like, you know, 
if I go ask, you know, uh, you know, a casual, hey, can you tell me what happened in that Leon Edwards uh, uh, cowboy fight? They'll be like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who? Who? <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> I, I mean, let's just state the facts. Uh, I mean, Shaq, firstly, you, you know how this business works, so I Never don't got to say him. shit, but like. <laughs> But, like, you know, Hamzad actually has a million followers on Instagram. No like, joke. No exaggeration. Honest, the, the honest truth about it is if you walk out on the street right now and go ask somebody who, or, like, a bunch of, you know, high school kids who Leon Edwards and show him his picture, you know, none of them will see. Like, none of them will know who he is. You know, if you show him uh, Hamzad, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that dude. You know what I'm saying? And that's just facts. But well, hey man, Shaq, but look, uh, yeah. But Leon, man, I hope he gets a fight, man. He should he should have fought Jeff. He should have fought uh Steven, man. Yeah, and look, this is all with all due respect, we know how good Leon Edwards is. So we're just talking a little shit. But anyways, my fight to watch is Casey Kenny versus Nathaniel Wood. I mean, this is a true prospect showdown. The winner is gonna move into the top fifteen. And I have a feeling that neither guy's gonna give an inch because the other guy's gonna take a mile. And uh these two are gonna have a real fight, and it might even be a chess match. So I cannot wait for Casey Kenny versus Nathaniel Wood. That is my fight to watch. Well, Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UFC two fifty four? My fighter to watch, man, is going to be uh, Magomed Ankalaev, man. You know, the 205 division, man, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. John Jones, yes, currently he is the GOAT. But, man, I felt like for a long time that division was like was like DJ's division at 125, man. I felt like it was honestly like, who cares at this point, man? <laughs> like, you know, uh, I feel like now that he's gone, man, the division's wide open. Like, you got Blackovich, he is the champ now. You got these guys like Ratchik who, you know, and, and uh, Jerry, I don't know how to say his last name, Prakot, uh you know, you know, like yeah, yeah, you know, I'm talking about my boy Jerry. That that made Nemkov quit and, you know, knocked out uh, uh, Volcanoes Demir. But, you know, I feel like uh, the 205 division is fun. You got exciting. Matt Coop just got a vicious knockout. You know, Jamal Hill and OSP are fighting. And Kaliev, man, is the guy to watch because, man, if he gets this this knockout win over Kudalaba, man, he could throw his name right into the hat with the in the mix with these guys, man. 205 is very fun right now, man. A lot of, you know, Smith's fighting my boy Brown Bear, you know. <laughs> Who else is fighting, man? 205, man. Keep an eye out for that division. Johnny Walker just got a knockout win. I want to see Johnny Walker versus Crew. You know, uh, you know, man, two or five, man. That's it, it's it, you know, now that John Jones is out the picture, man. Trust me, that division's about to get a lot more exciting. Yeah, and look, uh, just to stick with that point, my fighter to watch is also in the two hundred five pound division, and my fighter to watch is Daoun Jung. I mean, listen, he's got an opportunity here, and, and this is going to be a big fight because if he comes out here and just kind of squeaks a decision against Sam Alvey, kind of like Ryan Spann did, I don't think that people will, you know, give a shit as much. But if he comes out here like Jimmy Crute did and knocks out Alvey in the first round, well, all of a sudden we're looking at a Korean prospect in Dawin Jung in the light heavyweight division. He can add himself to that mix with all these emerging prospects. So I'm very curious to see what, what kind of performance he has. And for that reason, Dawin Jung is my fighter to watch. Well, Shaq, we did it. It's going down this Saturday night or this Saturday afternoon, actually. The fights start in the morning. 
from Fight Island, Yas Island, Abu Dhabi, UFC 254, Habib versus Justin Gaethje. They can follow you at MMA Genius 05. They can follow me at Best Fight Picks. They can also follow you on Instagram at ShaqBFP. They can follow me at Best Fight Picks Official. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. We truly appreciate all your support. Make sure you'll give this video a like and a subscribe. We truly appreciate it. And also, Get 20% off and free shipping using the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. That's BATTLE20 for free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. BATTLE20, all caps, manscaped.com. Truly appreciate their support. Thank you guys for sponsoring Half the Battle. We truly, truly appreciate that. It means a lot. So thank you so much to all our fans, to all our supporters, everybody. We'll be back next week. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.